0: Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I want to minister to you. I'm ministering a series of messages from the subject called NEXT. You need to start thinking about what's next. Say, what's next? next? I believe God wants you to start saying that in your soul and in your spirit. This morning, I dealt with the question, what's next for me? Today at 11 o'clock, I need to preach this message, the power of a processed servant. The power of someone who knows how to take it. The measure that's on my life, what I carry, didn't come overnight. There's a series of things that I had to go through. And every process servant will tell you. There's some things that you have to go through. To be the man or woman of God that he's calling today. (laughs) So let me encourage you to go through it. Keep your eye on the prize. In other words, while you're going through, you need to say, what's next for me? The next time I lift my hands, the next time I pray, the next time I sow a seed, God may open something up. There's a power that God releases on a processed servant. Father, I give you praise for this next series. I can see it thank you for the vision and i give you praise for the sequence of events that are aligning themselves even now things are occurring they're happening there are arrangements being made now to prepare the atmosphere and your people for what's next and father i thank you that the anticipation of that is rising expectation and anticipation even activation is on the horizon Thank you, Lord God, for thinking through my mind and speaking through these lips of clay as an oracle, for where there is no visionary, where there's no oracle, where there's no revealer of truth, where there's no teaching priest, the people cast off restraint. Thank you for order and structure. Thank you for aligning ourselves with your plan for the anointedness comes upon the head and in the beard and in the skirt. Thank you that for that oil rolling, for that oil flowing from the top to the bottom. Sodden the hem of this ministry, your body. And let those who touch the hem of your garment, let them be made whole. Thank you for that. Thank you for all that you do in your people and in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you so much. I do appreciate you. I'm excited. Really excited about this series, uh, what I believe God is saying and doing in our lives and what he's about to do. I want you to start thinking about on this wonderful day, I want you to start thinking about what's next in your life. A lot of times we focus because of our broken society and our broken soul. We tend to remember the things that are negative that has happened in our lives. Uh, You have five chambers in your soul. You have your will, you have your emotions, your imagination, uh, but you have your intellect, and you have memories. And recall is really activating your memories, and usually what surfaces in the memories are the negative things that happen, and they become triggers to anything that you come in contact with next, because the negative things that happen in the memories always remind you, Of something that happened in the past, but God is renewing our minds and he's building us up. He's turning us. uh, He's turning us inside out and he's renewing us from the inside out. And what he wants to do is for us to start anticipating a better day to have good mental health. Uh, uh, Be not conformed to this world, the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse two, but be transformed by the renewing of your soul or your mind. Uh, David picked it up in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for he makes me to lie down in green pastures. I eat well. He leads me besides still waters. I drink well, but he also restores my mind, my soul. And God wants us to have good mental health. The next time someone laughs, stop saying, why are you laughing at me? There are people who do that. I'm not. It's not funny. Well, what are you talking about? They're not laughing at you, but your broken soul reminds you of someone that laughed at you years ago. And when you see someone laughing, you automatically think they're picking at you. God wants you to be healed from the inside out so you don't have these triggers that fire in your soul. You can live in peace and peace means nothing missing, nothing scattered and nothing broken. And so when I speak peace, or when the Holy Spirit is releasing peace in your life, he's saying that God wants that which is missing to be found, that which is scattered to be rearranged and that which is broken to be fixed, especially in your memories. So we can start thinking about what's next for this ministry. There's a next for this community. There's a next for this city. There's a next for this region there's a next, for the state of Florida, there's a next. For the United States, there's a next day. After Trump and after Biden. And so what we have to do is start looking to the next thing that God has. Even the world says, on to the next one, on to the next one. There are people who are looking for their next girl, their next thrill, their next joint, their next drink, their next thrill. What are you looking for next? Are you dreaming about a better day, uh, a day that you will be able to move, live and have your being in the Lord to be more efficient, effective and excellent in how you function and flow to be more effective in how you move to be more efficient? In other words, you can do a better job and it don't cost as much. An efficient AC unit can blow out cold air and the bill will still be down. In other words, you should be able to change the climate. Some of us are just thermostats and some of us are thermometers. You want to be a thermostat. You want to be able to change the climate and we don't have to spend a lot of money. You can come in the room and cool it now. You want to come in the room and cool it now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You want to cool it now, To Cool it now. Ooh, watch out. You're going to lose control. Slow it down, slow it down. You got to slow things down, cool it down, because you're not a thermometer, you're a thermostat. I want to be an air traffic control. I want to move beyond just changing the climate. I want to be able to get up into the skies, to get off the ground, to elevate to another dimension. The Bible says in Rome, I'm sorry, Revelations chapter four. The Bible says that John, as he's only out of Patmos and the Lord is taking him into a dynamic revelation and we're living those things out now. You need to read the fourth chapter. He says he heard a sound in heaven. He heard as it were a trumpet. That's how it sounded to him. And he heard a voice saying, come up here and I will show you next. I will show you the things that are on their way. And God is calling us right now to another place to another place so we can begin to see he wants to set us free from bottom floor stuff all of the noise on the first floor climb the staircase and get to the upper room so you can look out over the expanse and see what's next hopefully it's wetting in your appetite because God wants his people to sit on the seat of expectancy not the seat of stagnation but the seed of expectancy to begin to believe and to trust him for something beautiful to happen in your life. Can the church say amen? Amen. Glory to God. I had a a vision that was very unique. Uh, I had this vision that I was uh, uh, on my way to a, a, to get into a car, but the car was very anxious and I barely got my, my bags in the car. And as soon as I shut the door, the driver took off and uh, he took off. I mean, running, he was, he was racing. Actually, he was speeding and going through traffic and then he got me to a bus station. And as soon as I got my bags off, he took off and I was able to get to the bus. As soon as I got my bags on the bus and the door slammed, boom! here the bus takes off. Wow. It's like, whoa. I'm still trying to sit down, catching up. But the bus driver's just driving. It's like, whoa. And he's moving through traffic. And he keeps riding, right? Next thing you know, he takes me to a train. And as soon as I get my bags off and I get to the train, as soon as I squeeze on and the door shut, the train, wow, takes off. A bullet train. And I'm riding on this train, holding on to the rail. It's like, whoa. Where are we going? What's happening? I'm holding on to the rails. I'm losing my balance. And then all of a sudden, the train comes to a, uh, an airport. And when we get there, I get my bags off the train. And I barely am able to get running and get to the airport, get to the, to, to the, to the airplane. And as soon as I get my bags in and get on, the door shuts and they take off. Not just running down, it takes off. It's like it lifts almost like an elevator. I'm sorry, like a helicopter. It doesn't just run down a runway and picks up momentum and just whoom and takes off into the skies. And I'm like, what's going on with this? And God just really began to unfold that in my life. And I want you to start thinking about this. Some of us are still moving as if God is a car that we need to get in to get to the next level. Actually, He's trying to get you to something that elevates. He's trying to get you to aerodynamics, and you still driving cars. You still driving. cars. I'm talking about Model Ts, right? Everybody want. Er, er, everybody. Everybody want. Everybody want. Everybody want new technology, right? New technology. New tech, but don't want new medicines, right? Give you my eyes. If I say I'm not gonna give you an iPhone, right? I'm not giving you an iPhone. You can't trust it. They say what? No, you can't trust. You can't handle that. I don't trust it because it, ma- it was made too fast. The same people now that don't want to get a vaccination, right? Take an iPhone. work with- Oh, I like the technology, right? Everything has picked up in the world. You try to give them a box TV, they'll throw it away. They want flat screens on the wall, and they want all the channels. That's new technology. Are you all listening, right? Well, everything is, even medicine, you don't, surgeries are not like they used to. People are not cutting foot wide open now. They got laser now. They got machines that are working. Things are happening and, and the recovery time is different. But you want all of that, right? You don't want no long line cutting you from the top all the way to the bottom. You want somebody that can know what they're doing. Just a little, little slit here and we can pull it. Even, even a hysterectomy, it's a little slit right now. They don't have to open you all the way up like they used to. But can't trust now say, oh, this was made this a black female was working on COVID-19 for 10 years. All they had to do was add a few things to it to make sure the remedy was there. But you're not looking at all of that. You're listening to the conspiracy. Everything is picking up. And if you're that afraid, put down the phone. It may be 5G and something's coming out of it to mess up your mind and all this other conspiracy stuff. Whatever it is, let me tell you, I'm going to use it to push the gospel. We're on the internet now. That's I'm going to use it to push the gospel. Whatever it is, it won't let me hold my peace because I'm looking for the next one. And if you learn to work with God, get on the bus, get on the train, get to the airport so you can fly and start worrying about I don't like the way they moved, and They didn't speak to me when I got in the car and let all of that go because God has a kairos and a chronos that you need to get with. He has chronological time and he has his timing. And if you're going to get with his time and you got to learn to get in the car when he calls you and the car is going to take you to the bus. And when you get on the bus, you better squeeze now and get to the train. If you start waving at everybody and having dialogue, you're going to miss this next trip because the train is taking you to the airport so you can get lift off and get what God wants you to be. While I'm in the car, I'm not falling in love with the car driver. You just to transport me to my next move. And some of you all, when God has you doing certain things, you're falling in love with everybody you meet. When all you're supposed to do is transport. You don't fall in love with the taxi driver. With the Uber driver. You pay them and they move on. They're there to make sure you get to your next destination. That's not how we see life. And then many of us are so prophetic, we want to know what God is going to do next. But if I show you everything about next, you won't have any faith for next. And you don't please God because you know what's next. You please God when you have to trust him about what's next. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he will eventually reward those who diligently seek him. But if you know what the reward is, you know how it's going to come, you know what's next all the time. You'll never trust him for it. So next is an acronym. Please write it down. For new, the N is for new. The E is for experiences. Experiences. The X is for X factor. There are variables and things that you will not be able to detect. At first glance. And God doesn't want you to know the X factor. That's why I'm so excited. I don't know what's coming. But I know he's with me. Glory to God. I don't know what next year is going to hold. I didn't know COVID was coming a few years ago. But I just still anticipate God is working things out. I know I had to preach for a year without people being in the sanctuary. Let me tell you something. That's not easy. But I'm a better pastor. And I appreciate your faces better. And I can see lions in them. And I'm telling you, every line represents an experience. I can see them. And I'm more attentive to the lions. And I believe God wants us to love each other more. That's X factor. How does he make me love you? Because he took you out of my life. And you don't know. What you love until you're missing it. You see it every day. Some people take me for granted. But if I was gone, they'd be like, man, I miss my bishop. Miss me now. <laughs> miss me now. You take me off the scene, you're going to miss me. But you should miss me now. That X factor, God is going to work in that. And then the T is for timing kairos and chronos and you got to know when you're in chronological time that's faithful ministry i'm coming here every week doing what i need to do chronologically but kairos is when god steps out of eternity and he starts working things out in his time in your life here in the text it's for elisha elijah is about to be taken up god tells him anoint a certain man king But I I want you to take the young man that's over there. His name is Elisha. And I want you to anoint him to take your place. He's going to replace you. That's what's next. You will be replaced. I'm going to take you and elevate you up. I'm going to send a chariot of fire in the earth and elevate you out of here. But I want you to anoint this one and he's going to take your place. He doesn't even know he's going to take your place. He doesn't know he's about to be elevated into master prophet realm. But he's faithful in what he does now. And many people want to see what the next dimension is, but they've never mastered where they are. It is sad memories of lost opportunities. The opportunity shows up, but because we were playing games in the present dimension and not taking advantage over everything that God brought. When I mean taking advantage, I'm not taking I'm not meaning taking advantage over everything, but taking every moment or every opportunity serious to work things out in your life so you can perfect your gift. My job is to perfect the saints for the work of ministry. How does that happen through trials and traumas? Sometimes through offense. I got to speak directly to you about something. You should know I love you now. Right. But I got to deal with an issue. You're going to get your feelings hurt when you deal with me. But I got to deal. every parent should hurt the feelings of their children. Listen to what I said. Every parent should hurt the feelings of their children sometimes. Your job is not to make sure there's tranquility of spirit and heart. You're supposed to step in there and say, this is what I told you. This is how you need to flow from this day forward. This is how you move. You make. You got to step up in there. Stop just saying, well, I just want to get along. Your name ain't Rodney King. Your name ain't Rodney King. After he was beaten by those police, can't we just all get along? What do you mean, man? They just beat you almost to death. What do you mean all of us get along? We got to deal with these issues. Right? And in the, in the family, there are issues. In the church, if you deal with me, there are times where I have to straighten things out. I have to perfect the saints for the work of ministry. And when you look at Ephesians 4 for the perfecting of the saints, the scripture is implying that when we come to the kingdom, we're not all standing straight. Even though we're dressed up on Sunday. But there, there's a we're contorted. Life has a li- like this emotionally and we perfect the saints. This is my job is to straighten out your limbs so you can start functioning fluently. You come in, you're already suspicious of people for what you came out of. Even suspicious of me from what you came out of contorted. And what God says is, when you get with this man, what he's going to do is take away the nuances. He's going to start preaching the word. Process it. Yeah. Yeah. Take the word for yourself instead of saying, they need it. And they, you need to take it for yourself. And as you take the word for yourself, every RX is straightening something out in you so you can rise up and then straighten out your limbs, your mental health, your physical body, and everything God is doing to prepare you for the next move. And after a few months, after a few years, you should be fluent in how you flow. Even if they did offend you, you're not going to respond like you used to. You're not going to react like you used to. You'll you'll start responding in a godly way. I'm sure you didn't mean what you said. You did. It was offensive, but I'm sure you didn't mean that. I'm going to overlook that. We're moving in another direction. When you used to say, let me tell you something. Are you all with me? Glory to God. So next is an acronym for new experiences, the X factor and the timing of God. I'll get into the text and explain some things. They're powerful. A process leader, a leader who is processed and God is calling all of us to leadership. Uh, You may not be running a ministry right now, but you're a leader in the making. There are people in this room that needs to head things. You don't need to be somebody else's go to. You need to start giving direction to some things. You've been in church way too long sitting on the back of the bus of the church or sitting back there critiquing or saying this ain't me and this ain't me. Listen, it is you. It is you. This is your season to be activated. And if I got anything to do with it, if God put it on my heart, I'm going to move you to that direction and straighten out your limbs. For the perfecting of the saints so you can do work of ministry. We're not just trying to get you saved so you can sit for 25, 30 years. God wants you saved so you can be activated into the kingdom. For some of us, the next move is activation. And some people are watching me today. You've been sitting on the backside, sitting there, glory to God. We've passed the Middle Ages. we passed the new construction or the reconstruction period. we passed civil rights and you're still sitting on the back of the bus. Not even perfecting yourself, but want to be a deacon in the church to run the preachers. What are we talking about? Have you developed yourself? We don't have what we call a diaconate at our church. We're going to resurrect that. But what we do have is servant leaders, servant leaders. okay? servant leaders. That means you serve and you lead. You serve first and you lead. And if you're a leader, you need to be competent. You need to be very confident. In other words, I'm growing. I can communicate. I'm going to be able to do some things. This is 21st century leadership. And you got to be able to do that. You need to be confident, not cocky, but confident. Being confident of not cocky, but be confident. Sometimes we need to downscale it. Some of us need to be prone. We're a little bit too aggressive. Even in our passions and our excitement. You need to be smooth like that. And flow like that. And do it like that. And move like that. Because I preach like that. And if I preach like that, you need to be like that and move with me like that and do what you need to do like that. You can still be effective, but do it the right way. A man came to the church, a pastor, and wanted to speak to me, but he was too aggressive. I need to speak to him now. This is urgent. and made the ladies uncomfortable. When he had an opportunity to speak to me, I challenged him on that. So I went off on him and went ballistic, went nuclear. So what you want to talk to me about? He said, whoa. I said, that's how you approach my staff. So if you're going to come to my door here or talk to my staff, I need you to calm that down. And we both calmed it down. You understand now? You can't handle a man doing you like that, but you do women that way? You better get yourself right before I jack you up. Don't ever come like that. You need to move like me when you deal with my staff. The ladies shouldn't be afraid of preachers. Let me calm down. I'm not angry, y'all. But I'm alpha. I'm alpha. Y'all want alpha? But well, that's what it comes with. <laughs> Glory to God. We don't sit back and just let you do whatever. What you doing? What you wearing that for? What you wearing that for? Ladies don't want that, right? Can't tell you what to wear. You're going to do whatever. What, what you wearing that for? You represent me. You don't do that. <laughs> Embarrassing me. Sit that down. If I'm there, you don't start the conversation with men. If I'm there. If it's late as you do the talking, if there's men, you don't step before me and start talking to the men. That's alpha. Let me handle that. Lord, you gonna take over. Just do everything. I got that. No, wait a minute. Y'all ready for it? <laughs> what would you say if there's a bunch of ladies, your man just walk up and just start talking to them while you're there? Yeah, what's up with y'all? Y'all look pretty. <laughs> y'all, all y'all fine, yeah. And you standing right there. He don't say nothing to you. So how are you gonna take it if you start talking to men when I'm there? You never compliment men while your man's standing there you don't say nothing to him. That's why we need to be trained. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A process leader is someone who creates conditions. It's a person who creates conditions and allows others to succeed in those conditions. A process leader doesn't say, I'm creating a condition for you to fail. But a process leader creates a condition for you to succeed. We don't give you unrealistic expectations or put you in menial tasks only, but we want you to grow. A process leader is a person who leads but also guides. People need guidance, they also support, they also nurture. A process leader will nurture others who they want to succeed. Think about it. The quintessential thing here is that a process leader wants those who are working with them to succeed. It's called the art of synergy. In other words, if I'm doing the work, all of the work myself and you're not doing anything, then I'm going to burn myself out in a few years. But if all of us begin to work together, we can accomplish so much more, even if you only did small things. Small things. If all of us work together and all of us do small things together, synergy said we can accomplish great things as a group. I can preach myself happy and preach myself to death. And everybody else sit back and say he was a good preacher. But if I can create a condition for you to to thrive in and if I can nurture it and support you so you can succeed and all of us become successful, the movement picks up momentum. your duties as a processed leader would include several things. And that is number one, if you're a leader and all of us are leaders, we should be planners. That's not just for someone else, right? You don't go to a financial planner so they can plan your portfolio. You should know something about it when you sit down there with them. And you help to develop a plan about your future. A process leader also not only plans, but organizes. And God wants us to grow in the area of organization and structure. And a process leader will also lead out in the events that they set up. They don't set up the event and show up and just, invent, just inspect. They will be one of the ones serving too. Uh, Moses was very unique. He, the Bible talks about him being the meekest person on the face of the earth. If you read Josephus, you'll see that he was also handsome. Uh, He describes him as a very handsome man, so much so that when he would ride as the prince of Egypt down the the fairway in Egypt, ladies would stand there and just applaud him as he rode by. So he wasn't like he was he he, he wasn't a throwback. Right. He was he was handsome. The, The Bible says when he was born, he was a goodly child. Uh, But uh, Josephus the historian says he was a very handsome person, but he was also meek He had a family stage type mindset. He was separated from his family and uh, He wanted to hang out with his people. So he had a chance to do that Even when he became the leader he was still hanging out with the people in other words You couldn't look at the three million and find the leader He would be the one walking with everybody Visiting tents putting his head in there like that. He wasn't standing alone and sitting on a throne somewhere as the leader. He was in the family stage of his ministry. But when they came to refer were and there was no water to drink. The people became so angry because they were thirsty. That they were cussing out God and they were saying to Moses, we should stone you. Because you brought us out of the land of Egypt into this desert place that we can die in the wilderness. And it was so grievous to him, he went to the Lord. God says, get up out of your prayer and change your leadership style. I want you to go out before the people now. In other words, come out of the tents. Stop acting like you family person and I need you to lead them. That was tough for the man to make that transition. And for some of us, God is, I talked about it at eight o'clock, you're in a transitional zone. If you understand Joseph, he saw his mother, glory to God, giving birth to Benjamin, but Benjamin never saw her. She died during childbirth. He's able to transition. He's able to hook up Benjamin with his mother's blessing and with her heart for him, glory to God, and give him good ideas. At the same time, he's able to remember the woman and to share with him the lace of her and her scent and all of the things that she passed down to him. He's able to connect both. And some of us, glory to God, we're in that zone where we we know the past. We saw analog, but now we're in the digital age. And we need to help those that are still trying to do things in the analog stage. They can't transition in the digital. Are you all with me? So this is where we are. You're in a transitional zone and you need to learn how to float. That's my job. You got to learn how to lead. You have to learn how to apply and organize and even plan. Can the church say amen? amen? Organizing and leading by example when you set up an event. And so Moses would serve food and make sure everybody had bread versus just saying go and pick it. And there are leaders like that now that want to point at people, but you have to be able to inspect what you expect. That means you got to be in the midst and know what you're planning, how the plan works, check out the bottlenecks, work with it so it can be more efficient. That's where we're going as a church. That's where we're going. If you want to be a leader, you got to start working on those things. So what are the processes associated with people who are coming in the leadership positions? It's some complex things if you want to be a leader who is a process. There's a dynamic exchange for you to go through if you're going to be a leader that is process so you can be more influential. If you want to be a process leader, you need to understand that the process is basically building relationship over a period of time with people that you're with. So you can't be a church building. It is the process is this building relationships over a period of time with people that you're working with. So you can't say I'm coming to church one time a month and think you're going to be a leader. You have to you got to start abiding. You got to start hanging out. First thing going to be is consistent in your attendance. Build over time between leaders and followers. You want people to follow you. They're not following you because you yell scream or you point fingers or you say I'm the leader. You got to be on point. You got to be present. Fathers have to be present. Mothers have to be present. That's why you can't work your way to the future alone. You got to be able to spend time with family too. Fathers have to do that. You can't work five jobs and never spend time with children and think they're going to be okay. You got to be able to come. If you just come in and peek in there a little bit, read a story, you got to be able to show your face and be present. And leaders have to be present if you're going to be effective. Between leaders and groups that you're going to be working with, you got to learn how to be effective. you got to learn how to depend on each other. So in our Point Men ministry, we call it AIM now, but in Point Men, the concept was if we have four men moving in one direction, one man is going to be in the east, I'm sorry, in the west. Another man is going to be in the north, another man in the south, another man in the east. But we're in a wedge formation. A wedge formation. Man is standing here. Another man is not standing directly next to him. He's standing a little bit further behind him, but off to his right. Another man is standing a little bit behind him, but off to his left. And then another man is behind all of them in the back. That's the wedge formation. And as we move in a direction, the leader depends on the direction that we're moving in if we're moving eastwardly or westwardly, I'm facing west right now, we're moving west, then I'm the leader because I'm out front. I need to be equipped to lead. And in this position, I need to be vigilant from your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion is seeking who may be devoured. But I can't turn my back and look look eastwardly because my job is to make sure everything is covered on the west side. The man that's on the east side needs to have my rear guard He can't be playing. He can't be talking to his woman. He can't be acting like he don't know what's up because he's not the leader. Your job is to make sure you're making sure nothing nothing is sneaking up on our backside. The man that's off to my right need to be looking to the north to make sure nothing is coming from the north. And the man to the south is looking to the south as we move. But his focus is that way as we move westwardly. Then we cut out any any weakness of being overcome or ambushed by the enemy. Glory to God. Now, if we're moving westwardly and we happen to now move northward, I don't have to be the leader. As we move north, the person who is in the north position is now the leader. This is transition. This is what's next. uh, Because some of you are waiting on somebody to call you the leader. But it depends on the way the wind blows. If the wind is blowing us north and you happen to be north, woman, I need you to lead us out of this. It can't just be a man because men lead. You happen to be right there on point. You need to know what you're doing. Have the confidence that you need. You're next in line to lead us out of this storm. That's how I'm preparing the house of God as a leader here. So those of you that want to step on nobody's toes, you better be careful because if the wind blows and you happen to be out front, you better take us out of here. Pull out your machete and start cutting down some bush so we can get up out of here. I was in Okinawa. I was in Okinawa and I was in the infantry. I didn't have a good time in Okinawa. I was in the infantry, in the Marine Corps, Iwo, Iwo Jima type stuff. And the leader that uh, we had, uh, we, were, we, were, we were marching at night in these cliffs, and he fell 15 feet and broke his leg. And so we hoisted him out, called a medevac in, and he flew out. The next man didn't know how to read a compass, but he, he was ignorant. He wouldn't say, I don't know how to read a compass. He's the leader, but he's got us walking around in circles. Now, I'm new in the group. But I was at Quantico, Virginia, and I got the training about how to work with compasses and to read maps. And one day it just opened up, and I learned how to do that. The sun rose the next morning. He still got us going around in circles. I remember we crossed this log about 15 times, man. (laughs) But I wasn't the leader. And in the core, you don't just start talking and running your mouth. You don't do that. You got to follow the leader. And that's how it is, even if all y'all go to hell. That's how it is in the Corps. I wouldn't recommend anybody joining the Marine Corps. You don't have that mindset. Well, anyway, the guy got frustrated because people started being frustrated. Man, what's up? You don't know what you're doing? I was quiet in the back. So he said, "Um, does anybody know how to read a, a compass or a map? And everybody was quiet. I said, I do. And I was in the back. He said, you do. You're new here. I said, yes, but I know how to read a map. So he didn't give me the map. He flung it like this. And I caught it in the air, hit my knees and started navigating. Listen to what I'm saying. I caught it in the air, hit my knees and started navigating. Doing what I do. Oh, we're here. The camp is about 200 meters this way. We're going to come out into a clearing and we'll be able to go to the camp. But it's 200 meters this way. They said, all right, man, since you know what's going on, lead out. So I said, give me a machete and just started cutting through brush. I mean, but vicious. Breaking. Start breaking stuff like that. I mean, aggressively. But after a while, the young men that were with me started moving like I move. Since he knows what he's doing or it looks like he knows what he's doing, he's got confidence. We'll go with it. All of a sudden we stepped into a briar patch i mean full of thorns but because i made a commitment (laughs) i got to go through the patch and i got cut up while i was going through but i kept breaking and shopping i mean chopping things up with that machete and they got cut too and they did exactly like i was doing until we came to a clearing and when we came to that clearing they said oh man wow he was right I didn't say a word, I said, move this way. They all followed me until we got back to the camp. And I went in my room, and over the night, they started coming to me at night, said, man, thank thank you so much. And I didn't ever have to say I'm the leader after that, even though I was new on the block. Because once you make a commitment, it doesn't matter what you got to go through. It doesn't matter what you got to cut through. Since you made the commitment, you do it anyway. That's the price of being the leader. It's not just getting something on Pastor Appreciation Month. It's what do you do for the other 11? When no one else is around and you say we must go this way. And you know you're going to lose people along the way. Because they don't understand. I don't like that decision. And I don't like what's going on. But they are not responsible for all of these people. And those with the leader need to learn how to move with the same fervor. If you really believe. There's something about a process leader. That when they make a decision. They're going to stick with it. Even if it cuts. Oh Jesus. And you can't be pretty all the time. And be the leader. Because it ain't about flexing. It's about making movement. To move people and resources. To a new spot. So let's go back to Elijah. Elijah. The process one. Who Jesus. So the Bible says that God spoke to Elijah to anoint Elisha in his stead. and we read out of 1, Corinthians, 1 Kings 19. But now I need to pull you into another passage, Second Kings chapter two and verse one. The Bible says when God spoke to Elijah to elect or to anoint the new king and to anoint his successor, he then finds his successor. We can look at it. It's in first Kings chapter 19. In verse 21, he returned from him. I'm sorry. Verse 20 and he left. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 19. He departed thence and found Elisha. And the Bible says who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and he with the 12 and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle on him. Now I want you to think about a gardener with 12 yoke. The man is plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He's, he's already managing irrigation. A lot of people want God to anoint them for their necks, but they haven't mastered what they're doing. They're just coasting saying I'm going to get promoted one day. But they're not trying to plow and manage the 12 yoke of oxen at once. When God anoints, he doesn't anoint just because you have tenure. He anoints what you're trying to work with. What's in your hands. That's why you can't be in ministry that employ you to get your hands dirty. You got to get involved, process ones. Yes. Yes. Now, life has messed a lot of us up, but ministry needs to straighten you up, and you got to get involved before you get straightened up. Yes. Are you all listening to me? Yes. He's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. I want you to see, I want you to see nicely plowed rows, nicely plowed rows that he's managing but his leader comes along and just walks across what he plowed. In other words, I got this going on, I've been doing it well, but the leader who's about to anoint him doesn't care about all of that. He just walks across it and lays his mantle on it. Walking and stepping on his new plans. Many of you would have quit right then. Because you are offended because somebody walks across your fields or don't give you your props or don't tell you how wonderful you are because that's what you think is good for you. But if you're going to be a process leader, you got to learn how to be offended and keep moving. Good God for Zion some of you the reason why you're not promoted because everything that happened on your job you start throwing your neck don't throw your neck here throw your neck in praise you can throw your neck in, the, in in praise and worship and if you get lost in praise you'll find yourself in worship you can take any attitude to praise if you really praise god well he'll change your attitude in the midst of it and you'll begin to worship him in spirit and in truth That's why I don't care if you had an argument before you came to church. I don't care if they said something that hurt your feeling. You take it in your praise. And eventually you'll move into worship. Oh, Jesus. Elijah, come along. Now, he looks like a Rastafal. He has dreadlocks. He's wearing camel's hair turned inside out. And he walks right across his nicely plowed fields and disturbs what he's done. Disturbed his religion. Disturb his religion. Disturb his religion. Disturb the fact that he's been in church all of his life. Disturb the fact that he's got a good family. Don't care nothing about that. Disturb the fact that he's always done well. Ain't never been out in the street. Always working. Walk right past that. Walk right across that without acknowledging it. And some people are coming because you're so broken. You come into the church because you want somebody to acknowledge what you've done. God is saying it's time to move to the next dimension. And if you're going to move to the next dimension, you got to learn how to let somebody offend you about what you've already done. I see something great in you, but to get to it, you're gonna to have to be offended a little bit. You're way too cool, and you need to learn how to confront some stuff. You see what's going on in your family, and you won't say a word, and you need an Elijah to step up in your life, and say, it's time to shift. to God. I see something great in you. God even told me that you're gonna be my successor, but you're not ready for it yet. You get offended too much. <sighs> over to God. Woo, Jesus. And the Bible says he walks across his fields and allows his mantle to rest on the man. Notice what he does. He doesn't say, what are you doing to my fields? The Bible says he leads the oxen. Look at his heart is right in other words if you I recognize that God is using you and I recognize that there's a measure to your life and I recognize that you call rain to fall and rain fell it, and then you call for a famine and rain stopped for three years and six months and you prophesied to kings and there's evidence that's in your life that God is with you know I don't like your attitude you're schizophrenic but I see something that's going on in you and I want the measure of it in my life and when he came to the man and let the mantle rest on the man The Bible say he loved what he was used to doing this is a moment right now God is calling many of us To leave what we're familiar with For me, leave what you've been gifted to do Leave what you think you're qualified in And start moving with God In the next dimension Because God is trying to get truth revealed To a whole nother dimension Hallelujah Of readiness and preparedness To do stuff not only for this city But the nations will come to the house Hallelujah And God is trying to prepare you For the new move Ah. Ah. glory to God somebody give him glory and pray the Bible said look at the text it's right there first Kings chapter 19 and verse 20 it says he left the oxen and ran after Elijah they got to put it on the screen for a moment He didn't just leave what he was used to. But he ran after the new one. He left the oxen that which he was plowing with they stunk anyway he was behind them they were always dropping droppings he had his feet all in the manure he was ready to quit it anyway you already know the stuff that you've been doing you're tired of you're tired of it because it leaves trails and you've been dealing with all of that stink stuff and it's time for you to move anyway you've been looking for something new you've been looking for God to do something special in your life you've been looking for God to say something to act a certain way and to transition you. You've been stepping in manure way too long and God is trying to get you to a new zone and get you to it. i I'm preaching better than you saying amen. You're tired of the old stuff anyway. And some of you need to send me a check and say thank you for slapping me. Thank you for getting me out of that old way. Thank you for getting my mind right. I was way too sensitive before I came here and God is straightening my life out. The Bible say he left the oxen that he was tired of anyway and ran after the man of God. Notice he didn't walk with an attitude. He made haste. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. I'm tired of this anyway. Ran after the man of God. I'm over offense. And he said, let me, I pray thee. Listen, Submission. You're not really my father. I don't really know you. I never had a conversation. But I know there's something on your life. Let me go home. Not I go home. I'm a man. I put on my pants like everybody else. Look at the process sir. Let me go home. I pray thee. Let me kiss my daddy and my mama because I won't see them this way anymore and then I will follow thee but let me show respect to the ones who raised me. let me tell you something about a good process leader they will never ever ask you to violate principles or show disrespect to the previous authority that's in your life it's always good to show the respect to the previous authority. It's good for you. It speaks volumes to your heart because God will judge your next move by how you treat what you came out of. Are you all listening to me? God will support you if you learn how to honor that. You don't have to go there. You don't have to go back. But there should be some honor there. And there should be honor in your heart. Let me kiss them. Let me make sure things are right as I transition out of here for my father and my mother because they gave me chance. And God honored it and even the man of God honored it. And I will follow thee. I'm not going to try to walk next to you and tell you what to do, but I'm going to come in alignment with you and follow you. And Elijah said to him, go back again look at this for what have i to do with you anyway look at what he says uh, <laughs> he walks across the man's fields he walks across them and offends him the man said let me go back and kiss my mom he don't say oh that's good what have i to do with you in anyway? go that's how he did it go and many of you never would have returned to a person like that because you're so offended you've been in church way too long they didn't treat me right and they didn't speak to me and I'm not going back because the usher didn't pay no attention. How in the world are you going to rule the nations and you can't handle that? in the world you're going to work with nations and leaders and be an uh, an ambassador for God in other nations. How in the world is God going to operate in your life if you're an ambassador and you're for the United States and you go to Italy or Turkey. Once your foot hit the soil it's called American soil. Under your feet. Anybody killing you there would have to come against the American government. The wrath of the government will fall on them if you're an ambassador. Wherever your feet hit is American soil. Whew, good God. If you ever got that revelation as an ambassador, you start understanding that you have some authority. And when you move on behalf of the king and you're doing his bidding, they've got to honor that. And from that place, you can decree authority like you've never decreed before. (laughs) Y'all sitting at me looking, what's wrong with it? I'm preaching better than you saying amen. That's what's wrong. (laughs) That's what's wrong with it. I'm gone. Five, four, three, two, one, blast off. <laughs> How many of you know we live on the space coast? We should see a lot of blasting off. We should see a lot of discovery, a lot of endeavors. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and he returned back. Look at that. He took a yoke of oxen, slew it, prepared a meal for his family, presented something nice. And then he went after Elijah and ministered to him. He's not divided now with his foot in one house and his other foot in the other. I got to make sure everybody's okay. A process certain a servant has to make a distinction. Earlier, maybe Elijah and Elisha heard about Jonathan, which was the son of David. I'm sorry, the son of Saul. And he looked out and saw David kill Goliath. He saw David playing the harp and his dad's madness went away. He saw his dad's anger turn toward the lad and how he tried to kill him. But David kept rising up. And the spirit told Jonathan that David is the new leader. He goes to him and say, you will be king one day. This is an offensive statement because if his dad heard him say that. He could have him executed, but he know he knew it so much that he goes to the young man and say, I see God's hand is on your life and you're going to be the new king. This is where he failed. He should have aligned himself with David. But he was more tied to bloodlines. And he wound up dying with his daddy in the field when he should have been David's first mighty man. And I'm listening. Listen to what I say. If God ever give you a revelation about what you need to do, you need to go with the heavenly vision. A process servant is able to go with the vision, even though it's difficult. Same thing happened with John the Baptist. You heard God say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. You heard God say, whoever you see the dove come upon the spirit, follow him like a dove is my son. You heard that. There's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, He will baptize you not just with water, but with fire, which is on high. But after he baptizes Jesus, John goes back to baptizing when he should have stopped baptizing because Jesus is on the scene and go after him. He winds up saying the wrong thing with his antiquated message and getting his head cut off. Because he should have been Jesus first disciple. He had the heavenly vision, but people its hard for them to make transition. Glory. Hallelujah. That should not happen to you because you have the wisdom. I can't do it all in one day. I have to come back. I have to come back with this i have to come back i have to come back oh god help me oh god help me oh god help me (laughs) glory to god oh god help me in chapter 2 verse 1 the bible says And it came to pass when the Lord would take Elijah up by whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha, Elisha from Gilgal. Very important. God is about to carry the leader out and there's going to be a transfer to the process servant. And there are several things that took place. The next time I share with you, I'll pick it up there because it's very important. Gilgal is an important spot for the process leader. And the both of them came to Gilgal. And let me just tell you, it's the place, the, the, the staging point for their, the military campaign to take, over, to take over Palestine. It is also the place where Joshua took flint knives and cut off foreskin, glory to God. And there's some things that happen at Gilgal and you got to be able to visit the sharp knife of God when he cuts back your insensitive side. You're just so insensitive. Just say things that come to your mind. And you can't have a circumcised and uncircumcised heart when you deal with God or his people to say anything to hurt people's feelings. And then even in a joke, you got to allow the foreskin to be cut and it's going to bleed. But God will give you several days to heal and you get back in the fight. And when we start dealing with this, you'll start understanding what I mean about the process. There's power to the process, sir. That God adds when you get processed, this is your next move. This is your next phase. It's the process to take you to another level of leadership. Father, thank you for your word. And I give you praise for the endowment. And thank you for the release. And I thank you for giving us access into the wisdom of God. I thank you, Lord, for making it plain. There are people, Lord God, identifying with various aspects of this word, and I give you glory for the expanse. There are people under the sound of my voice that need this message. They need to know that you have not forsaken them just because their emotions have been hurt or because they're offended. Offense is a part of the process. And for those who endure, hallelujah, to the end, you will crown them. Not just with a future crown, but crown them with dignity and respect and honor and peace, even a little majesty and glory. And Father, I give you praise for what you're doing at Truth Revealed in Every Heart. Thank you for the new move, the next move. Thank you for the transition into it. Thank you for leaders learning how to function and the flow. And Father, I thank you for raising up this church as a beacon of light. That others who are in the harbor, they don't know they're there because it's dark out there. And there's bolsterous seas. But they will begin to see the lighthouse and have hope that they can lodge and they can anchor here. And Father, I thank you that the drift is coming to an end. I give you praise, Father, that the anchor is the next dimension. And Father, I bless your people. I bless men and women in this room that really have potential, that you're going to straighten out through the series called Next. And I bless you for that. And I honor you. Lord, help me to stay on the cutting edge. Thank you for speaking through my mind, thinking through my mind, speaking through my body, your word to your people. I bless you for that. I honor you for that. And we give you glory for that. In Jesus name. Amen. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation one Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth reveal.